Hello there, gummy bears. This is Chris Abalo, and this is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, Episode 6. I am back in the city of angels, Los Angeles. I have returned once more to my adopted home. I guess I have to call it that, as I was uh, just visiting my first home in New Jersey. As you can hear, back to the acoustic guitar intro, which uh, the one from two weeks ago, the show I did from New Jersey while I was visiting home, was electric. And that's because I didn't have the foresight to record something before I left with flying and, and all the stuff that went into it with packing and all the preparation, whatever else that went into flying back. I didn't think, oh, let me record a little acoustic thing for the Cape episode I'm going to do while I'm home. So had to do an electric one. And that's because I only have a spare electric guitar at uh, my parents' house, which is where I was staying while I was home, and then my large amp. Everything else is out here with me. Yeah, the large amp didn't make it because I just had to load everything into my car, and I had to prioritize because not everything would fit. And I guess I'm going to have to... You know what? I guess my next car is going to be an SUV. I'll have to buy that New Jersey and then load it up and then drive all my shit back to LA. That's probably the only way it's going to get back. Oh, ah, actually, speaking of that, speaking of cursing, it has been brought to my attention by a few of you that the show is uh, listed as explicit on iTunes, but the episodes really aren't explicit. Here's the deal with that. So having learned from the experience with doing the only podcast that matters for a few years, and with that show, it's very appropriate to label it as explicit. From what I understand, if the show contains any F-bombs, the show needs to be labeled as explicit. And uh, since this will, more often than not, not that you'd know it from this many episodes so far, but if I'm having a conversation with one of my guests slash banter buddies on this show, and there's some cursing going on, then yeah, the episode obviously has to be labeled as, as explicit. So it's just easier to label the show itself is explicit and uh, label the individual episodes appropriately from there. So here's how it goes. Uh, it has been, I have updated it in light of this because it's true. I've done, this is now Cape number six, episode six. So this is the fourth one now I'm doing by myself. Oh, another episode by himself again. Yeah, that's right. I just got back. I didn't want to corner anybody to say, hey, listen, you come over and do my show and I was loading up episodes of The Only Podcast That Matters while I was in New Jersey, so I wasn't booking people. I don't have a booker like a lot of the big shows have. They have somebody book guests and all that. This is done strictly by reaching out to friends and seeing if people are available. And if they're not, I'm doing a show by myself. That's it. I'm not going to not do it based on uh, if there aren't people available. So, hey, <laughs> it's going to be just me uh, on occasion if this happens or a little more frequently lately because, hey, it's summertime. People are on vacation and all that. I'm not going to bother everyone to... Hey, listen, when you have a spare hour, can you come over to my place and we'll do an episode of my show? It's not that big a deal to me. I'll just do an episode by myself. But anyway, getting back to the uh, iTunes explicit thing, I have adjusted it and made the shows. So if you've already downloaded the episodes since the show as of now is only available uh, subscription-wise through iTunes, you can, of course, get it at chrisabala.com. But the show episodes themselves, here's a quick episode guide, let's say, to uh, how they break down. Actually, the only, this is the sixth one, and I will make a point not to be explicit in this episode, and the shows that I've done by myself, the four that I have done alone, have been basically PG, 
There may be some light cursing here and there, but like I said, PG-ish. Uh, you're not necessarily going to play these around your kids, but you can as long as you're not adverse to them hearing words like, let's say, the one from earlier, <laughs> in case you had to glide past that one if there is a child in your car or something while you're listening to this. I won't repeat the word for your sake. But there there may be some light cursing, and in which case it's PG. But uh, you can actually label the episodes themselves as explicit, which we've established. Everybody knows what that means. Clean, which means there are no curses whatsoever, I guess no objectionable content. I wouldn't certainly go that far with this show. Or not label them either one, which is more appropriate for this show overall. So Crystal Ball's podcast experiment is labeled as an explicit show. The individual Out of the individual episodes... Up to and including this one, out of the six, the only one that can be classified as as explicit would be episode two, the show I did with Ryan Gabriel, because we're sitting and going back and forth, and they're really, we dropped a couple of F-bombs here and there, and just overall cursed a bit more. That's the only one that really deserves an explicit label. So the other episodes, feel free to listen to a little bit more freely. Uh, On the other side of it, the only podcast that matters, definitely an R-rated show. (laughs) <laughs> that show is because it's, it's more often than not a bunch of dudes sitting around and talking. It's going to be it's going to sound like how guys sound when they get together and it's going to be blunt adult conversation. So that absolutely deserves to be explicit on every single episode. Uh, even though we did back in our first year, we did an episode called Clean Cast, which was kind of a joke. We were trying not to curse or seeing if we could not curse for an hour. And anytime we did, I just creatively bleeped out the curses with something. But the big joke at the end of it, it's been over two years now. So it, I, you may have heard it already. If you haven't, go check it out because it is funny. It's just a normal show. We just tried not to curse. And when we did, it was bleeped out. But at the end, everybody cursed during their sign-off. So there we go. Not explicit, but not exactly clean either. Uh, anyway, that's the breakdown for this show. Uh, hey, actually, you may notice I'm a bit perkier so far on this episode than I am a lot of the time, and that's because I'm actually recording this show in the afternoon. As far as the uh, all the solo shows I've done, uh, the first episode, the third episode, and the fifth episode, I've done them at night, so I've been kind of chilled out, you know, I've been wound down a little bit more, and I may get a little bit more emphatic as the show goes on because I'll get on a soapbox about something or I'll just kind of get perky by virtue of uh, whatever it is I'm talking about. But it may start off a little more calm because it's the end of the day. But uh, in this case, yeah, this is the afternoon I'm recording the show. So I'm a bit more alert and I'm adequately caffeinated. So if my tone sounds a little bit more excitable, that explains why compared to the other shows. So here we go. All right. So I was given something, maybe I should have done this on the last episode, but whatever. Uh, My mother gave me this thing to take back. Uh, My parents do live in a senior community, and they get this little weekly periodical. And there's a bit in there which it seems to be taken from an email, like a chain email that's kind of circulating that's just forwarded to everybody with uh, facts about New Jersey. I can't substantiate any of these. I cannot provide any evidence. But I figured I'd list off a few of them, seeing as how I was just in New Jersey. And I I had a blast. It was great, obviously, to hang out with my friends and to see my parents and all that. And uh, do a bunch of funny episodes for the only podcast that matters. We did so many during the week and a half I was there. So before I get into this New Jersey stuff, 
as I say all the time, subscribe to the only podcast that matters on iTunes. If you Stitcher Radio or Beyond Pod or BlackBerry Podcasts on your mobile device, you can listen to the show on there. Check out the home at theonlypodcast.com. Check out tons of clips. Uh, 30-something clips now, probably close to 40 clips at uh, soundcloud.com slash theonlypodcast. Like the show on Facebook. Just look for The Only Podcast That Matters and follow the show on Twitter at The Only Podcast. So, yeah, (laughs) a lot of funny stuff coming your way. A lot more episodes with me. And, yes, I'll still be on the show pretty much every other week, depending on when the shows that I'm not in kind of get posted. We have a rough schedule that we're probably going to be working with. So I'll be on the show basically every other week. Listen even when I'm not on because the show is hilarious. Anyway, uh, this New Jersey stuff got some facts to give you. So let's take a look at this thing. Let's see what we have here. Just going to read a few of them. New Jersey is a peninsula. New Jersey is the highest elevation along the entire eastern seaboard from Maine to Florida. Like I said, I can't prove any of this. and Maybe it's true. Who knows? New Jersey has more horses than Kentucky. New Jersey has the densest system of highways and railroads in the U.S. And you have to pay to ride on the highway. That's another story. New Jersey has the highest cost of living. Hey, speaking of which. And, uh, yeah, I do believe that. And, hey, that's fair because, yes, I live in Los Angeles now, but there are other pockets of California where it doesn't cost as much as it does in the cities. Uh, Same with New York, too. New York City costs quite a lot more than Los Angeles. (laughs) And... There are many parts of New York as a state where it doesn't cost much. But New Jersey overall, uh, yeah, definitely. Which throws forward to the next one. New Jersey is the highest cost of auto insurance. We're renowned for having high auto insurance prices. And uh, it's it's pretty awful. New Jersey is the highest property taxes in the nation. Again, another winner. This all factors in the see, further proof of the high cost of living bit. New Jersey is the most diners in the world and is sometimes referred to as diner capital of the world. I'd agree with that. Diners are abundant everywhere. Oh, actually, speaking of New Jersey cuisine, and uh, oh, actually, this isn't specific to New Jersey. I know that Sonic is nationwide, but there aren't any Sonic restaurants in or drive-throughs or drive-ins in the Los Angeles area. There are some apparently outside of it. I haven't driven any of the ones that are. I don't know how far they are from here, but there aren't any in the immediate area. But I kept saying while I'm in New Jersey, one of the places I want to go eat is Sonic. And the day I flew back last Thursday, my parents drove me back to the airport and we stopped at Sonic on the way and I had a wonderful Sonic combo meal with a hot dog and a Coke with, I think I got vanilla flavoring in it. Yeah, I know vanilla Coke exists, but it's different when you get it at Sonic. So there, I mean, out here, granted, there is Wiener Schnitzel, which is indigenous to California, I believe. And I did go there a couple weeks ago when I had a craving for a hot dog. No, that's not a euphemism. And it did the job. It was good, but Sonic is just better. So there. Getting back to New Jersey. New Jersey has the most shopping malls in one area in the world with seven major ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely true. And they can squash the ones certainly in California. You could probably fit three California malls in a New Jersey mall because all the ones around here are small. And uh, the operating hours tend to be a lot shorter, too. No wonder everybody out here just gets high all the time. Can't go to the mall and hang out, and there's no Applebee's to speak of. So where are you supposed to hang out? In someone's house, eating some pot brownies. Anyway, Jersey tomatoes are known the world over as being the best you can buy. And uh, you know what? I don't 
I've been told many times that I don't have a discernible New Jersey accent, but just for emphasis, I'm going to reread that sentence with uh, my Jersey accent. Certain words pop out at at times, but uh, this one I'm going to read with a Jersey accent. Ready? Jersey tomatoes are known the world over as being the best you can buy. Yeah, that's right. I said tomatoes because that's pretty much how it's pronounced by everybody in New Jersey. Almost everybody. Eh, screw it. Everybody. And uh, just in case you're wondering, for you pronunciation sticklers out there, yes, it's also pronounced potatoes. It's potato salad. It's not potato salad. Potato salad. So there. Uh, First brewery in America opened in Hoboken. The famous Les Paul invented the first solid-body electric guitar in Mawa in 1940. The light bulb, phonograph, and motion picture projector were invented by Thomas Edison in his Menlo Park, New Jersey laboratory. Mm, Check that out. New Jersey also boasts the first ever town lit by incandescent bulbs. See? Don't ever tell anyone you didn't learn anything on this show. Obviously, this show has something for everybody. The first phonograph records were made in Camden, New Jersey. You hear that, vinyl junkies? All thanks to New Jersey. That's why you get your your precious and supposedly superior form of, of music playback. The game Monopoly, played all over the world, named the streets on its playing board after actual streets in Atlantic City. And Atlantic City has the longest boardwalk in the world, not to mention saltwater taffy. Yes, it absolutely does. The first Indian reservation was in New Jersey, in the Wachung Mountains. Hence, names of towns like Mawa, (laughs) where the uh, solid-body electric guitar was invented. New Jersey has the tallest water tower in the world in Union, New Jersey. The Pulaski Skyway from Jersey City to Newark was the first Skyway Highway. New Jersey built the first tunnel under a river, and that would be the Holland Tunnel under the Hudson River. Here we go. For sports enthusiasts, the first baseball game was played in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is also the birthplace of Frank Sinatra. Why didn't they mention that in the uh, the brewery bit? Yeah, Sinatra. Who doesn't know Sinatra's from Jersey? We all do. Well, you may not from listening to the song catalog. I want to be a part of it. New Jersey. No, Frank, that's not going to work. Uh, all right. Take two. I want to be a part of it. Hoboken. No, it doesn't work. He's going to be chasing the beat the whole time if he tries to fit in Hoboken. Well, looks like it's New York. And a classic was born. Sorry, Jersey. You missed out on that one. Go figure. And here's another one for the sports fans. The first intercollegiate football game was played in New Brunswick in 1889. Rutgers College played Princeton. Mm. Fascinating. The first drive-in movie theater was opened in Camden, New Jersey. The first radio station and broadcast was in Patterson, New Jersey. That's maybe a third of the first page. The second page is actually, uh, you know you're from New Jersey when kind of scenarios. And there are actually two that made me uh, that made me laugh. And they do uh, go with each other. The first one is, you, you know you're from New Jersey when you know how to properly negotiate a circle. And just beneath that one is, you know you're from New Jersey when you knew that the last sentence had to do with driving. Yes, there's no turning left in New Jersey. There are (laughs) circles and U-turns and jug handles, uh, depending on, I don't know if that's a dialect thing or a regional thing, whether you call them U-turns or jug handles. The signs say U-turn, but yeah, always drove me crazy. You can't just turn left off a highway. Nope. 
Okay, on occasion, maybe you can. You could maybe turn left into a plaza or something like that. But more often than not, yeah, you're sitting at a U-turn. Okay, so we're now in June. And this June of 2013 marks the nine-year anniversary that I've been shuffling back and forth between New Jersey and California via aeroplanes. And you know what's interesting? Now, I had flown twice prior to this whole California business, which was when I was, I think, five. We flew from Newark to Chicago, I think. We flew to visit some relatives uh, who lived just outside of Chicago. And then I was actually flown from, we flew out of Philly to South Carolina when I went to Marine Corps boot camp. So, and that was only one flight. So I'd flown three times at that point as of 2004. But obviously, a lot of people complain about the TSA and having to deal with the pat down or going through the machines or having your bags inspected or whatever. And I've pretty much been flying in a post 9-11 world. So I can't really complain because I don't have a basis for comparison like a lot of people do. If you're older than 35, let's say, then and you flew frequently, then you may know what it was like, or you can at least appreciate what things were like before there were these airline restrictions and the TSA was as prominent as they are and the, and the whole process of just everything you do when you're going to fly. You at least understand what it was like before. I don't understand what it was like before, and therefore I really can't get too huffy about it because, well, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, overall, the TSA employees tend to be people who are just doing their jobs, I've only, I think maybe once I ran into someone who was a prick who was picking through my wallet. But overall, they're people that are trying to do a job and I don't hassle them in the same way. I don't like hassling people in stores or anything else. And I think I may have said this two weeks ago. I was so jet lagged that I don't remember, frankly, what I, every detail that I talked about. But I had no problem flying back from Newark to LAX and the TSA at Newark was fine and they kept the line moving probably because it was on the East Coast, and we'll, we'll come back to something similar a little later on. You know what? I, I really can't complain too much about having to deal with the TSA when I go to the airport because I've never really encountered any problems. And as I said, I don't have a basis for comparison, so I'm not one to, to complain too much about it because eh, it, I've never had a problem. I'm sure there are plenty of people who have, and if you have maybe a common name that could be on a, a list somewhere, then you might have more of a problem than I do because my name is a little less than common. Well, then again, in New Jersey, maybe a little more common because my father is the youngest of 10. So there are loads of Abalos running around New Jersey. But flying for me, never been too much of a big deal. But yeah, nine years now that I've been flying consistently, with the exception of between 2009 and 2011, I didn't visit California at all and I didn't fly anywhere. So that was really the only time when I wasn't flying every couple of months between New Jersey and California. So yeah, nine years I've been flying. It's kind of hard to believe, actually. That's when this whole moving to and living in California business started. So there we go. Where has the time gone? Uh, anyway, so having come back now, and, and the flight back was great, I should say. It was a direct flight from LA, uh, Newark to LAX. And thanks to... I guess two last minute flyers who didn't get seats together and another woman who was gracious enough to move to another seat. So this mother and daughter could sit by each other. 
I was seated on the aisle, and the middle seat was empty next to me. So I was able to just stretch out, and uh, ah, it was no problem. And the guy by the window was pretty much sleeping the whole time. So uh, my flight was in the early evening. I think I flew at about 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. But I, I wasn't going to sleep that whole time because I just would have been up all night, even with the, especially with the time zone, zone uh, shift, I should say. I was landing at 10. I think I flew at 7. Anyway, doesn't really matter. But the flight back was no problem whatsoever. My bags were there without any issue and uh, went to Denny's with my sister who picked me up from the airport when I got home. So, uh, yeah, the, the whole flying thing was pretty good. I really can't complain. Now, here is the problem that I have now that I've returned to Los Angeles. The local Whole Foods that I go to, they added a cro- – now, if it wasn't bad and awesome enough that they already had a nacho bar, yes, you can buy nachos by the pound. It's a big bin of chips, which you can scoop up, and then loads of toppings, loads of salsas and guacamole and pulled pork or beef and cheeses and just a whole bunch of awesome. Right next to that, where they used to have vegan pizza, thank goodness they got rid of that, they have added a dessert bar. Yes, you can buy dessert by the pound. So I went in there and I saw that there was peach cobbler and blueberry cobbler, apple cobbler, mixed berry cobbler, all these different things. And uh, yeah, dessert by the pound. So I'm convinced my local Whole Foods is sabotaging my attempt to lose the last 15 pounds or so that I'm trying to lose because dessert by the pound. How great is that? It almost seems so contrary to how people look at Los Angeles is being so healthy living and everything's all about coconut water and almond milk and uh, eating clean and organic and, and farmer's markets and everything else. Dessert bar with cobbler by the pound. And it's like $8 a pound too. So you can load up uh, fairly inexpensively. A half a pound of cobbler is, that's plenty. That's a good amount. And for four bucks, mm, all right, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm convinced that they're trying to sabotage my diet. Uh, it has nothing to do with my lack of ability to resist temptation. No, not at all. Uh, okay, so a couple of things that I did want to talk about in relation to while I was home, a few entertainment-specific things. And uh, the first one is the Beverly Hills Cop TV show that is going to be premiering in the fall on CBS. Now, A few friends were asking me about it because they know what Beverly Hills Cop means to me in as much as it was the first R-rated movie I saw when I was eight. Explains a lot, right? Or was I seven? I think I might have been seven. Summer before second grade. Yeah, I think I was seven years old. But anyway, first R-rated movie I saw. I love it, and I really like the second one. Third one is pretty much forgettable. But now there's going to be this primetime series on CBS. And yes, CBS certainly knows how to do the hour-long cop show because of CSI and NCIS and Hawaii Five-0 more recently. So it's not as if they don't know how to do those shows. But the concept of something like Beverly Hills Cop being on a network does make me at least a little bit hesitant. If it was going to be on HBO or Showtime or something like that, and it could be an R-rated show, just like the movies were R-rated, pretty much for language, not so much for violence that they were excessively gruesome or anything like that. And there was, yeah, there was nudity in as much as the first two had scenes in strip clubs, but just having to to tame a concept like that for 
primetime network television. I don't know. I, I am a little bit hesitant about it, but I mean, all right, granted, the show is not going to revolve around Axel Foley. Another reason I'm hesitant, because it's going to revolve around his son, supposedly named Aaron Foley, who is a Beverly, if, if what I've read about it is uh, correct, he's going to be a cop out here in Beverly Hills, and Axel Foley is now the chief of police in Detroit, which I find a little weird because I can't ever see Axel Foley, based on the, the movies, I can't see him being kind of a, a desk cop. I You can always picture him as a street cop. So I do find that a little bit and Eddie Murphy is going to be playing Axel Foley. He's going to be recurring, but apparently is going to be on the show uh, every week. And uh, he's apparently behind the development of the show as well, which was in lieu of a fourth movie, which didn't need a fourth movie so much. Didn't really need a third, actually. <laughs> uh, having seen the result, uh, he's going to be on the show here and there, and he's apparently very involved in the show. And that's okay. I, I mean, I, I do think it's a little weird with him being chief of police, but... I don't know. It just seems like too much of a stretch. Like, all right, well, I'm still in Detroit, but my son's out in Beverly Hills. Oh, just being a cop and all. And you know what? It's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. At least the pilot is. And he's a film. I mean, he's a great film director. He's done. He did the Adams Family movies. He did Get Shorty. He did the Men in Black movies. So you're getting someone who has a style and who certainly knows how to make a great looking program because he comes from film directing. Uh, I'm assuming maybe he's done some TV as well, but hey, it's still pretty good to get somebody like that doing the show. And uh, Kevin Pollack is going to be in it as a lawyer. I don't know if he's going to be recurring or not, but he mentioned on his show that he's going to be at least in the pilot. And I, I certainly like him. And uh, Judge Reinhold will apparently be Billy Rosewood as well. Uh, don't know, same thing, if that's based on the pilot or if he's going to be in the show as a recurring character, but... It does make me curious. And you know what? To be fair, I do really like Brandon T. Jackson, who's playing Aaron Foley. He was great. I definitely think he was one of the best parts in Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief. And actually, the second one's coming out this summer, too. Sea of Monsters, if I'm correct. Uh, he's he's really good, and he was really funny. So, I, okay, that that's cool. But as far as my expectation for it, I'm, I don't have high expectations for it, but... I'll watch it. I'll watch the pilot. If I like it, great. If I don't, then I won't continue watching it. it. You know what? If it's not great and it doesn't take off, then I'm okay with it. If I'm not into it, like I said, I just won't kind of carry on and see what happens through the season. But I'm willing to give it a chance. If it sucks <laughs> or if I, don't, if I can't get behind it, I won't be that surprised. I will be very surprised if I end up enjoying it. But uh, as of now, I have... No expectations for it. Uh, and to go on the other side of that, speaking of low expectations, a few friends of mine were talking about going to see White House Down. I, look, I'm not into the movie, and that's fine. And as I've said many times before, I don't care so much if people are into movies I'm not into. I don't get defensive about that. A few of my friends get defensive. I don't like what they like, but I just can't see that. That makes no sense to me. But... They want to see White House Down, and I referred to it, of course, as Die Hard in the White House. Same as Olympus Has Fallen. Oh, I don't need to see Die Hard in the White House. And one of my friends got defensive because I called it that. But that's what it is. I don't think it's made out to be anything other than Die Hard in the White House. It's a, a whole bunch of baddies have taken over a building, and one man must defeat all the... I mean, that's, that's what it is. 
That's exactly what it's about. And there have been a bunch of movies that have been a version of Die Hard. Under Siege was Die Hard on a boat. Under Siege 2 was Die Hard on a train. Executive Decision was Die Hard on a plane. And a lot of those movies came in the 90s following the success of Die Hard. It's, hey, let's take one person and put them in a, in a place where they're uh, fighting a whole bunch of bad guys. And uh, the, the one-man army, as we kind of got used to seeing in movies in the 80s, you know, Stallone and Schwarzenegger movies, and then with something like Die Hard, it's, uh, let's, let's take that concept and we'll put it somewhere else. And some movies have been Die Hard in a different building. And there's nothing wrong with that. If movies are going to be made like that, fine. But I don't see the point in getting offended over it. <laughs> That's what the movie is. And uh, I'm not crazy about Channing Tatum in as much as I haven't seen. Well, no, I have seen a few of his movies, I should say. I mean, whatever. If he's going to play John McLean, then <laughs> okay, fine with that. And if Jamie Foxx is going to play what's uh, essentially Obama... But uh, it's <laughs> actually one of the things I think is pretty funny is uh, not to say it had to be written that the president in the movie was going to be black. But going by the, the joke uh, Chris Rock had back in his uh, last HBO special, Kill the Messenger, how Barack Obama has the blackest name possible. It's funny how the Jamie Foxx's character in White House Down, his name is James Sawyer, which is one of the whitest names possible. So that that actually did make me laugh, the fact that I thought, huh, okay, he's playing James Sawyer. And uh, I mean, it's certain, let's say his um, inflections and all that, the way he speaks seems to be taking a page out of the uh, Obama public speaking book. Uh, at least that's how it looks to me. But uh, anyway, whatever. Call it Die Hard in the White House. I don't care. Something has to be Die Hard because <laughs> lately, uh, I don't know if you folks have seen A Good Day to Die Hard. I'm not even going to dignify it by calling it Die Hard 5 anymore because it's not a Die Hard movie. Uh, judging by the box office numbers, you may not have seen the, that movie. But oh, the most boring action movie I've probably ever seen. So bad. So, uh, yeah, if something else is going to be Die Hard elsewhere, good, because Die Hard is no longer Die Hard, judging by the last uh, two movies. No, I'm not a fan of the fourth movie anymore, but White House Down, fine. Uh, go see it if you want to see it, if you want to see Die Hard in the White House. Totally cool. I'm not going to be protesting outside the theater or anything like that. I can't get that passionate about a movie that I'm going to go, pro even though it opens up against the heat, which I loved, and we'll be going to see again. I'm not going to be protesting outside the theaters and down with White House down in part because that sounds really stupid, but whatever. Go see the movie if you want to see it. Anybody can see any movie they want. Uh, I can't get that upset about it, but to get annoyed about it, I thought was was pretty funny and obviously worth yakking about on the show. All right, one last entertainment thing. It was announced, actually, I think just before I went back to Jersey, that Comedy Central has not renewed Futurama, which is a heartbreaker. As much as that show has been resuscitated a few times already, I'm just not ready to not have more Futurama. Uh, the new season started, or does it start this week or did it start last week? I'm not sure. See, I need to actually pay attention to this stuff. I always catch up on stuff on uh, DVD. So uh, when the season finishes, or hopefully not the series, but when it's done in December and the season collection comes out, I will buy it the day it comes out, and I'll probably watch it all that day or uh, that day and the following day. I really hope someone steps up and buys it. I think Netflix should because they're stepping into original programming. Why not have them bring in something that has an audience like Futurama? And same thing, like, oh, the ratings are starting to dip. 
but eh, I don't I don't know. I'm being selfish about it. And when stuff like let's say Arrested Development can come back, which has a smallish but loyal audience, or has uh, had an audience grow as the show's been in syndication, or since it's been off the air, let's say, or something like Community, which has a loyal fan base, doesn't do huge numbers, but has kind of been saved at, it seems like, uh, the 11th hour, uh, in as much as it'll be coming back next year, because NBC's bigger shows are, are done now, with The Office being done, 30 Rock being done, so makes sense to keep something around that has a essentially a built-in audience, or that has an audience that has grown, so... Here's hoping Futurama does that. Here's my plea right now to Netflix. Save Futurama or Comedy Central rethink uh, renewing this. I realize, unfortunately, that I'm part of the problem because I don't tune in and watch it on Comedy Central when it's broadcast, and that's the reason that it's getting canceled because of the viewing numbers. But uh, somebody save it. And in a format like Netflix where they can release all 12 or 13 episodes in one shot, oh, that would be perfect because for, for binge watchers like me, what better a way to just soak in a whole bunch of episodes of a show that's as fun and at the same time as thought-provoking to a certain degree <laughs> as uh, Futurama. And then wait six months or so and uh, release the collection on DVD. They did that with House of Cards. I think that comes out in the next week or two, or maybe it came out uh, this week. I'm not sure. But it premiered in February. Give it a couple of months so people can watch it on Netflix and put it out on DVD. Perfect. They should do the same thing with Futurama. Somebody save Futurama for crying out loud, even if it's Comedy Central. Keep it around. I love the show. Tons of people love the show. There's tons of money in uh, merchandising as there's more and more Futurama stuff all the time. Save Futurama. Here endeth my plea. Okay, now it is time for the Only in Los Angeles moment. And uh, this happened just last night. I was driving home on uh, Hollywood Way. Now, the Hollywood Way is not to be confused with Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Way is a street that goes basically through Burbank and uh, leads up to the Bob Hope Airport, which is basically the Burbank Airport. Yes, Bob Hope has an airport named after him, which, thinking on it, since I'm pretty sure in his lifetime so far, Justin Timberlake has had more popularity than Bob Hope did in his life, when is he going to get an airport named after him? Just a thought, because if that's what the what we're using as a gauge, as popularity, then hmm, where's where's the JT airport? I'm just asking. Anyway, uh, I was driving on Hollywood Way, and this is last night, Monday night at about 9.45, because I made a note of the time, because this, this was so random that I thought, ooh, I know what I'm going to talk about on the show. This group of about 1,200 people on bikes were rounding the corner on the street called uh, Chandler, which crosses Hollywood Way. Uh, I'm stopped at the red light, and these people are turning from Chandler on the Hollywood Way. And Chandler's a street which is made essentially to walk, and some people roller skate or roller blade, and uh, there is a path for, for biking and all that. It is a regular um, street for cars as well, but it has this center section, almost like, let's say, an island that stretches for quite a while. I'd say probably about a mile or so where you can just walk or roll, skate or ride your bike or whatever. But coming up the street, whole group of bikers, not, not bikers, people on like Schwinn's. I'm not talking about people on Harleys, people pedaling bikes. And I'm thinking this is probably only happening because, okay, it's the perpetual summer in Southern California. It's always 85 degrees. And especially at that hour, it's cooled off. It's maybe around 70 degrees. So a good time to ride your bike. But to get a group of people together on a Monday night to just go pedal your bike around town? 
I have to chalk that up to being something that only happens here because how does something like that even start? Man, I really want to go biking, but I can't get out of the house while the kids are up. I have to wait till they're in bed. Oh, well, why don't you get a couple of people together? You think? Yeah, sure. We can go biking at 9 p.m. on a Monday night. Why not? Oh, okay. And then one guy starts a Facebook group, and before you know it, there are a whole bunch of people getting together to ride their bikes after dark. It just struck me as so random. By the way, these only in Los Angeles things, I'm happy to be proven wrong. If uh, In the last episode, I mentioned the uh, Wendy's that was turned into a Starbucks. If there are similar occurrences... <laughs> throughout the country or elsewhere, hell, outside of the United States, then tell me. I'm happy to see any examples of things that I think may only happen because of something you might think is more stereotypical of Los Angeles. Please submit them to me. Actually, to, I'll get this out of the way now. Tweet the show at Cape Pod. You can comment on this episode. Comment on the Facebook page. Look up Chris Abal's podcast experiment on Facebook. Email the show at Cape the podcast at gmail.com and uh, I'll share them. I'm happy to be <laughs> told that uh, no, this is actually more widespread than you think. When I, I'm not saying the biking group thing, although it, it could be likely. I mean, people go, uh, what, the polar bear clubs or something? People go swimming when it's 10 below in the water <laughs> because it's apparently invigorating. It sounds like torture to me, but eh, whatever. So I guess the bike riding thing isn't that unique, but I thought, oh, I mean, on a Monday night, no less. Come on. There's certainly enough people who have, let's say, what many would dub regular jobs, nine to five, Monday to Friday style jobs. Out here, though, especially being surrounded by the entertainment industry where the hours are a little wacky and there might be more downtime in between jobs uh, or just straight up unemployment in between finding jobs, I suppose it's a little more likely. But I'm going to chalk that up to being an only in Los Angeles thing. But if I'm wrong and you can have something similar to compare it to, Please feel free. I want to hear because it just it just makes me laugh. What can I say? Uh, all right, let's let's flip over to the recommendation. I'll make this quick. I have one album to suggest, which is available uh, now. Actually, today. This I'm recording this Tuesday. It will be dated for uh, yesterday. Thankfully, I didn't do the show ahead of time because I wouldn't have had that little uh, group of people biking around to complain about in this episode. But. Uh, the album was streaming for free this past week on iTunes, and I checked it out. Uh, as of the time you hear this, I will have picked up the CD for sure, because I really dug it. And that is the new Jimmy Eat World CD, which is called Damage. If you like Jimmy Eat World, you may very well have heard the album or bought the album already. And it sounds like Jimmy Eat World. It's exactly what I hoped for. They didn't go experimenting with dubstep and the album isn't produced by Skrillex or Dead Mouse. It sounds like Jimmy Eat World, thankfully. So I suggest you check it out if you enjoy. Or, you know what? There are a lot of people I know who just know the middle. That's the only song they know from Jimmy Eat World. Every Jimmy Eat World song is more or less in that style, that upbeat, kind of catchy rock style, up-tempo rock. So if you dig that, check out Jimmy Eat World, Damage. I listened to it, like I said, just once through, just streamed it uh, on iTunes since they were good enough to uh, stream the album for free prior to its release. And I'm picking the CD up. I have picked the CD up because it got released today. So there. Good stuff. Check that out if you like Jimmy Eat World. And that's it. That's an I'm going out on a recommendation. So thanks for tuning in to yet another solo episode of Cape. The show will be back in two weeks. On June 24th, maybe there will be a guest, maybe there won't be. We'll see what happens. 
Follow all the social media links I told you about before and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Give the show five stars. Subscribe to the only podcast that matters on iTunes. Give that five stars. Write a little review. Check out the show on Stitcher, Beyond Pod, <laughs> Blackberry Podcasts, and make sure you tell a friend. And clips on SoundCloud.com as well. SoundCloud.com slash the only podcast. So until the next episode, this is Chris Abalo, and this was yet another experiment.